Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Anime Podcasters. <laughs> he quit? Keo quit? Yep. Yep, he quit. He's done. You gotta find new artists now. Oh, great. Welcome back to 2020. <laughs> welcome 2020, and we have no artwork. It's just papers, chicken scratch, because me and Jane have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, yeah, no, but seriously, welcome back to the podcast, guys. I am very excited. It's a new year. It's a new topic, and it's an anime topic. It's not a list this time around. Hotcha, we're kicking it off really well, right? Well, yeah, because it's my request of doing this topic. And I watched this first volume of the anime, and we're going to be discussing it. What is today's topic, Hotcha? Today's topic is Rooster Teeth's Ruby. So R-W-B-Y for anyone who's actually confused by that. So this is an anime that is actually among my favorites. It is my favorite among the ones that are actually animated in the States. And Jaden and I agreed to watch a show that either that both of us enjoy. I'm watching a show that he recommended. He attempted to watch Data Live for me and just couldn't get into it. So I just threw him onto Ruby. So... Here we go. <laughs> and I Ruby. caught on. Basically, this was one big mining trip to find the best anime, and we found the rubies. Well, I mean, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I want to start with this. I watched the first volume because it was on YouTube in just one big one minute, one hour, 51 minute video, and I just right. I binged it, and it was great. I really enjoyed it, but I'm confused as to how Ruby was created because this is an anime but it's on YouTube in full length. It seems to be created by YouTubers. Can you kind of give me the backstory on what this anime, not even the story, but like how, how it came to be almost? So Ruby was created by Monty Ohm. He was a, uh, I want to say an animator over at Rooster Teeth. So this was his uh, passion project. I want to say he was an animator or at least a voice actor on uh, Rooster Teeth's Red vs. Blue. And he was working on an original project called Ruby. So he's a, he was actually working on it for, uh, for quite a while for, I want to say he was up until the third volume. And then unfortunately he passed away. But then his brother took up the mantle. But this was done by him because of how much anime was influenced and how much he loved anime. And he wanted to basically create his own and his own project um, in that genre. And Ruby is what he came up with. That, okay. That's the story. That's the story as far as I know it. I could have gotten some facts in there wrong. But all I really know is that Monty Ohm created it. He, wo he worked for Rooster Teeth. And now his brother is the one who is uh, taking up the mantle. How did you find out about Ruby? I want to I want to get into that and then obviously I found out because you recommended so, it to me. So but, for us yeah. they for us when Ruby first started coming out they dropped trailers. So instead of calling it what it actually was like Ruby Trailer 1 or Ruby Trailer 2 or anything like that, they dropped colors. So they had the red trailer, the black trailer, the white trailer and the yellow trailer and that was um the main characters. It was basically their time to shine to show you like how the animation was, how the fights would work. It had nothing to do with like dialogue or anything like that. It was like focused around the musical score, um the animation, the action. All right, so Kyo actually just sent me a message, so I actually do want this on record so I actually don't get it wrong. Um according to Kyo, uh Monty's brother ended up taking the mantle as Ren's uh voice, but not the writer. Um, after Monty passed away, because Monty did create it and he also voiced Ren. 
Um, but right now it's written by Miles Luna and Carrie Shawcross. Uh, Shawcross. So Miles is an animator in Rooster Teeth. I'm not sure where Carrie works in, but basically his team is still carrying his mantle. Okay, I see, I see. So if I'm getting it right, all these colors, they the first letter spells out Ruby, red, white, Ru- black, and red, yellow. Red, white, black, and yellow, yeah. So that spells out Ruby, for uh, especially for their team. Okay, I see, I see. And these trailers basically introduced what the anime was going to be about, which, honestly, I, I think it's re- really cool. Like, I definitely really it, enjoyed it. Introduced, it. it introduced what it was going to be about. So in the red trailer, which was Ruby's trailer, um, it was her fighting Grimm, so the creature's a remnant. In Weiss's trailer, it was her fighting her own summons, so basically like her, like her inner demon kind of thing, from what I had got at the time. Blake, um, in the black trailer, was fighting the White Fang, which is an organization we learn about. And then Yang just beat the shit out of people who were working in a bar. <laughs> like, right. like they, they, they were corrupt. They are criminal, criminals and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, you have creatures, summons, a uh, secret organization, and then you just have this blonde beating everybody up. I mean, these four characters, when they formed Team Ruby, I was like, this makes complete sense to me. Uh, like, yeah. obviously, two of them being sisters, and then the other, uh, and then, um, sorry, uh, Weiss and Blake, I believe, was the character. Yeah, Weiss and Blake yep, were Weiss two Blake. very opposites to me. Especially when Weiss finds out about the, the whole uh, White Fang thing and how Blake used to be a part of it. Uh, that, like, was a really good um, story arc uh, in the first volume, which... Honestly, it's like, what, 16 short episodes, but it, it almost covers like two full entire hours. So it's like I, six, it's like 16 episodes. But when Ruby first started coming out, the episodes were like four and a half minutes to five minutes apiece. They were no longer than like your regular uh, red versus blue kind of animation time. Right. I see what you mean. Uh, who's your favorite character? Let's start with that. And, and volume one, we're really specifically covering volume one because I'm going to watch the next volume. So, um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So my favorite character, not just in volume one, but in the entire show is actually Ruby. So the the main character is actually my favorite character just because of like how she started starts off so innocent and cutesy, just kind of like she's a total badass. She wants nothing more than to help people and grows as a character actually to like develops that kind of thing. And she gets way more of that down the line. I'm not going to tell you like what exactly happens to her, but she she develops a lot. Like she grows a lot as a character and as, as a person. But for um so Ruby is my favorite in in the entire in the entirety of the show, but a very close second because I love I love almost all the characters. There's just like maybe one or two that I don't like, but you don't even know them yet. Um, another one of my favorite characters is actually Pira, and you uh, you met her right? She's the soft spoken one that uh, Jean's around. Oh yeah like yeah yeah gold, yeah. And she's gold like, armor stuff like that. And she's super annoying. Or super I- annoying? No, no. She's she's incredibly soft spoken and polite. Um, the one uh, with the gold armor and shield and spear. It's not coming to mind right now, honestly. Red hair, green eyes. Yes, yes, yes. I see what you're okay. talking about. Yeah, yeah. The ginger. <laughs> well, no, no. She's not yeah. a ginger, but she, yeah. Okay. No, oh, of course. She, you like the redhead. The redhead well, likes the redhead. Wow. What well, a yeah. big surprise. I mean, it doesn't help my case in that fact that Nora is my third favorite character. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I, I just favorite pure moment when John's like, oh, like, okay, so how do we, how are we getting around the forest? And then he just gets flung into the air, and she's like, okay, how am I gonna <laughs> save him? And she just launches her weapon and like just catches him in the trees, like, th- th- thanks. 
Thank you. That actually, le- uh, that scene actually leads up to one of my favorite uh, jokes when, um, so when they, if you guys don't know, um, in order to actually become a huntress or to actually be in the school, you go into this initiation uh, exam, which launches you out and they ha- give you the task of finding uh, chess pieces. A chess piece, and yes. The first, and the first person that you see after landing will be your partner for the next four years of your stay at Beacon. So everyone gets launched. And my favorite part about that is when everyone gets launched and when Weiss uh, first meets up with Ruby and she's the first one she sees and just turns around like, nope, I'm not doing that. But then she takes like five feet away and just runs into Jean, who's still pinned up to the tree by uh, Pyrrha's spear. Then Weiss just sighs, turns around and just says, ah, fine. And then Ruby's just like, you came back. That was <laughs> one so funny. Fa- that's one of my favorite uh, parts in the entire, especially first volume, but in the entire show, really. I was really hoping, obviously they're in the same team, but I really was hoping that um, uh, Ruby and Yang would be separate. Because, like, I know, they're, they're I, I kind of was, already, I kinda was you know? thinking that at the same time. Like, and obviously, like, Yang is more of the role model type to Ruby, at least in the first seasons, is what I'm gathering so far. But I feel like she Ruby... Is, yeah, because uh, Ruby, before, like, ending up in Beacon, didn't really have that many friends. She really only was around Yang, which Yang actually brings up when they're on the ship heading to Beacon, saying, like, you should really get out and, like, make more friends. I don't need more friends. I have you. Then just, like, the pure innocence of Ruby, like, in that entire regard, like, even just the... I drink milk like the I can take care of myself kind of thing, but it's still incredibly cutesy, so incredibly like childish, for lack of a better word. Ruby is is definitely that like uh, character. Ruby that is has- like the purest like Ruby Volume One. Ruby is the um, purest of pure characters that I've seen in a long time. She's the quintessential uh, cutesy. Oh my god, da, 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 character. And I know I didn't say words in that previous sentence, but you know exactly what you mean when I say that. I've seen it right. so many times with different characters. Uh, and obviously, I'm only basing my analysis so far off one volume. Um, and it's a shorter anime, so I do give it those two um, points. But I felt like there was a bit of a lack of depth in the first volume with ruby obviously she gets a bunch of screen time because because yeah because volume one it's still extremely experimental it's still like trying to get its footing and find out what it actually is once it actually gets in and going then you will not have that problem with anybody at all like everybody you've seen on screen grows as a character Right, but more than just experimental, I felt extremely introductory to me. Like, I obviously can see it, and I can see that there has been, like, planning and scripting and everything and uh, turning points in in, in the first volume. Uh, But still, uh, Ruby, like, when she's introduced, she's, like, saving that that, that corner store, um, which was very reminiscent to me. Just a quick side note here. It was very reminiscent of the first scene from uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie. It starts out the exact same way. The heroes in the in the corner store, uh, hey, hey, and he gets a sh- the he- and then uh, has the headphones on, can't hear anything. Next thing you know, a big fight breaks out. Like I've seen that exact scene develop. So from the get go, obviously Cowboy Bebop came before. Uh, I saw like a lot of oh, this was influenced from this, and this was influenced from that. Um, Ruby is a really strong show. Like I cannot give, uh, I cannot take that away from it. Um, but I felt uh, that. Just throughout, there was this this lack of, and I don't want to repeat myself, but there was uh, not enough um, 
depth, unfortunately, is the, is the only word I can find for it at, at the moment. Um, but I really like, I re- that being said, I do really like specific moments. Like, that whole Force arc, where the characters work together to defeat, uh, uh, what was it, like a scorpion, and then the flying, uh, the bird and everything, and how they come together. That whole action scene uh, was so well-sequenced and scored and put together, like, really strongly. It was 100% my favorite moment in the entire um uh, Anime now, something, something about that scene that I actually want to point out. So yeah. taking down the scorpion was uh, Team Juniper. So that was Jean, Pira, Ren, and Nora. Yeah. So taking them out, uh, Jean was the one who made the plan and took out the scorpion. And then Team Ruby was fighting the uh, the crow and Ruby came up with the plan. Did you notice that that's why they actually became the leaders of their teams? I did not. That's a really because good point. They, because they actually led their team in order to take down those threats. Right. Uh, like, I, they show they showed the leadership. Right, and I remember when Ruby selected captain of Team Ruby, which named the team after her, like, that was such, a, like, a main character throw up, like, oh, the yeah. name of the show is but Ruby. But, I mean, the, the captain... The name of the team is I mean, Ruby. It, it, I mean, it would have only worked because your, your captain... Uh, I don't know how the other three work, but your captain's letter goes in front of everybody else's. Right, right, right. Uh, but what I was gonna say is uh, the the one thing I didn't notice too with Ruby, where I mean, like I said, lack of depth. But we do see parts of her, like the whole point where Weiss is questioning her as team leader, and then she goes to her teachers and she's like, "Did did you make the right decision?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know. We'll we'll find out when we find out." Obviously, only you can control that. Uh, was obviously a character learning experience. So one thing I also appreciate is that I feel like the first volume is really like this upscale. Like we we see Ruby develop and grow and grow from episode to episode and i know it's been like a joke on this podcast that um i always bring up death note i will bring up death note in the sense that the first episode of death note i felt had light yagami had the same sort of uh the transformation he goes from uh the start of the episode to the end of the episode was kind of similar and it's such an extreme change from uh, episode one ruby to final episode of volume one ruby so uh i really enjoyed that where we she really goes all out like at the end with the white fang and everything there's no way like ruby episode one can pull that off and so i can see the gradual shift and growth in her character yeah now uh my question because you asked like pretty pretty early on like first question you asked you asked me who my favorite character was and i said ruby do you have one at this point, my favorite character is Blake. Ah, damn. Called it. Actually, I knew you were going to pick Blake. Yeah, I, w- I was honestly debating between whether it was going to be like Blake or um, Ospin, but I had a really strong feeling you'd go Blake. Blake um, is so different from me as a person, but what I liked about Blake is what she felt the most uh, authentic and and I know it's a kind of a, 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 a hypocritical to say she's authentic. She's obviously hiding the whole White Fang thing. But she had that rebel character, that a bit of that anti-hero aspect to her that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, when we were like, when, you know, when we first meet her and she's there and like Ruby's trying to become friends with her and she's just there like, uh, I'm trying to read my book. Leave me alone. And she's like, but uh, this is my first day and I want to be your friend. Like, no, I'm reading my book. Like, uh, F off. Basically. <laughs> uh, I was... Okay, okay, this is this is different because so far, like all the characters are very oh, I'm like I'm so happy and blah blah blah, and uh, we're girls and we're gonna, we're the best, blah, blah blah. And Blake just kind yeah, of just no, but, changes the uh, tone. But, but Blake wasn't, Ren wasn't, Weiss wasn't, uh, Cardin wasn't. No, but I like, really feel like Blake shifted that tone. Like, re- like when you see no, Blake, yeah, no, you see Blake. I, I completely agree. 
And as a fighter, she's actually pretty cool as well. So I gotta, I gotta say that uh, Blake is really cool. And plus, I feel like her character really is gonna be a big development in the second volume, from what I can tell thus far. Because you know, she really brings in that whole White Fang aspect. Like, who's the White Fang? Who cares? Well, we should care because Blake was used to be a part of it. So that was really honest, cool. Honest to God, um, you have no idea how true that fact is, That especially with Blake's uh, growth in Volume 2 and later on volumes. Like how you met her in Volume 1 or how you met her in the first episode of Volume 1, she still has that kind of attitude of just like that calm kind of demeanor. But at the same time, you still see her break down. You see her like do a whole bunch of different stuff that you would never see episode one Blake do. Honestly, she and Ruby are probably the ones who grow the most throughout the entire show. I feel like her and Ruby grow the most throughout the show because of how opposites they are. And I would not be surprised if there was like a, a splinter at some point in Team Ruby where Blake breaks off and uh, Ruby tries to help. But it, it, like almost like a Naruto Sasuke kind of thing. Like it, It's very reminiscent of that to me. Uh, obviously, don't spoil. I don't know. It's just what, I, what I'm feeling right now. Um, and the thing is, too, like, the reason why I think they, they're going to grow the most is because when you have other characters like Yang, that's already, like, the role model. Like, you know, they, they start at a higher point than, like, uh, Obrubi, who's, like, you know, starting from zero. No, we, Yang is already a bit higher and has more experience, so there's less um, headroom for her to, to grow. And so I could, that's why I was saying, like, her growth uh, for, for Ruby in the first uh, volume was very much on an upwards trajectory. Um, I'd be interested to see if... There is more of like a setback in volume two and a setback in volume three where things break apart. We mix up the teams. Um, I just I have this fear that this anime, uh, because of its length and because of the way it's, it's the narrative structure is, that it's going to be kind of linear with very little uh, ups and downs. Like there obviously there were a couple of ups and downs with the whole bullying aspect with John and there's like these all these other side stories that come in the pockets of the anime, but still. It wasn't enough to, you know, get me stressed or get me, like, invoke, like, a huge oh, emotion out oh, of me. Oh, Jaden. Oh, Jaden. That will not last <laughs> at all. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope that the uh, No, I promise last. you. I promise you that, like, comfortable feeling of, like, oh, yeah, there's some tension. No, that will not last. <laughs> well, do, but do you do you agree with what I'm saying or do you, do you not think that? Like I, that's what I, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying with with uh, volume one. I do because, like I said, it's still like trying to find its footing. It's still trying to like find its ground. So it's just kind of like getting the base of who everybody is and where we are, what the world's rules are, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's not going to lead to a whole lot of like tension or building or anything like that. It's going to like lead to the start of things, but it's not really going to go anywhere anywhere quite yet so i completely agree with you but i guess it's just because of the fact that i have the experience of like future volumes that i know that it's not going to last and i know that's going to change but from your perspective yes i completely see why you say that like and the reason why i say that we have characters i'm pretty sure was her name penny the sort of robotic character that was introduced <laughs> like she was a, I, I love penny sorry she was ahead. a breath yeah she was a breath of fresh air towards the end of ruby where it kind of started getting i know it's a short thing but it was started kind of getting like okay what what else can we have some new something new happen penny shows up and it's kind of like what what 
what are, what are we doing here? What what is going on? And I felt like that was a nice breath of fresh air when she came in. And obviously, there's a whole. I'm sure there's gonna be a whole development with her in season two when she gets into that limo and like her. What was it like her creator or her dad? I don't know yet. Uh, it's like oh, uh, you know what I told you about associating with others. She's like yeah, but oh, clearly she's from the other school. And this whole tournament is gonna be cool. Uh, I'm gonna I'm excited for that portion of the anime. Um, she brought in like a really great addition to the my second favorite moment from the anime which was like the whole white fang battle at the end of volume one that was like what did you think of that whole battle like as a conclusion to the volume as a conclusion i couldn't have asked for uh for anything else that was the one in the in the streets with the uh robot with them and like their detective gear trying to figure everything out right yeah 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 no i loved it especially with uh, uh with ruby's team uh team moves and then everything going on with uh with blake and ronan ronan probably is my second favorite villain the uh the red hair one the bowler hat guy i see i see what you're talking about yeah yeah he's probably my second favorite villain but to have that as the conclusion of like we still don't know like everything the white fang's up to but we do know that now we need to keep a knife eye out for it and to have the volume end there honestly like you've go so far from episode one to where it's just like the girl wanting to go to like the most prestigious uh huntress school in the world essentially to okay there's actual real life threats and we need to be careful kind of thing there's a huge jump there the thing is okay correct me if i'm wrong but ronin is the bad guy at the very beginning and he's the one at the very end right that's the same person i'm pretty sure yeah that yeah that's the same guy okay um, as an introductory villain and a conclusion villain, honestly, kind of weak because <laughs> he's like in the shadows. He's not that present in the between. And I feel like mm-hmm. he what he, he shows up and he puts this. Oh, I'm a gentleman and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I am a fancy schmancy because kind it, of character. It, it, he he kind of has this uh, clockwork orange. I can't remember his name, but the clockwork orange villain. That's what he's kind of paying homage to. Yeah, a little bit, but but, like, I w- but I will say he's not the big baddie. Like he is no, clearly in he's not. He really is the only baddie way too weak of a character. With. Way too weak of a character to be the big big baddie, in my opinion. I'd be disappointed if that was the case. Um, if he I was just, the big baddie, you'd be yeah. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Like honestly, what's the what's the craziest thing about you know? It goes back to this lack of depth thing I was talking about. Like what's what's no, the, yeah, and I agree with that. Like it's like uh, Ronan. Ronan doesn't really. Like, granted, we don't see him a whole lot, so he doesn't really get that much of a chance, but he doesn't really grow more really as a villain or as a character in general. But like the more villains on his side, like as you meet other villains, they do like they grow tremendously. He felt like a kind of like a Shigaraki. I'm avoiding like I'm a avoiding Shigaraki. From uh, My Hero Academia. Like a failed Shigaraki, mm-hmm. where Shigaraki obviously hasn't been this successful in My Hero Academia, but at least Shigaraki has more of his blank together um, when it comes to pulling around his team. and He, he means puts his poo. A, a st- more of his poo together. But, like, he's he's got uh, more of a fighting force against the heroes. Uh, you know, like... What yeah. what is what does Roman do? He backs up into his helicopter and f- flies away. Oh, curse you, meddling kids! It was like one of those Scooby Doo villains. <laughs> like it wasn't enough. There really wasn't enough. No, yeah, and unfortunately, uh, with Ronan, he doesn't really get the development that he deserves. But at the same time, I still love him because of how, for lack of a better word, classy he is. Like because like I always get excited when he's on screen. I see him uh, fight and everything else. I haven't even seen Clockwork Orange, so I can't really factor that in here. But I just love every time that he's on screen. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to start up say it, and you might not agree, but honestly, Cardin is a better villain than, than Roman. I agree. 
I mean, I hate Carden. I really do. He's there, a dick. Ju- ju- but just just that right but there. But that's but that's exactly why. Like you actually hate him. He's a villain. You're supposed to not like him. He I mean, yeah, granted, emotion. all he is all he is is a bully, but you legitimately don't like him. Ronan, I like. You're not supposed to like your villains. The thing is, but yeah, then it, again, I love Joker. So what does that say? Exactly. But like Carden to me had more of like a. Um, obviously stereotypical bully, jock, meathead type, like, oh, do my homework for me, because, you know, I'm not smart enough to do my own homework, and bullies yeah. John and holds, like, everything over and his especially, head. Especially with how much he, uh, how much he goes after John and everything else. Yeah, and I was, you know, that, that was a nice little side story that I enjoyed uh, in, the, in the anime. He provided another layer of complexity that the anime needed. He is one of the, like, to the just, pillars. To just deal with anime. the to just deal with Sean's growth. Well, well, more his like the the setbacks and the blockades and the um, experiences of bullying and um, and the the evil that he was putting into put, putting forth into the series to me mm. really made me uh, feel more interest. Like my head came closer to the TV screen. Oh, okay. What's his next plan? What's he doing next? I, I felt more of I was more captivated by his. Uh, You're more captivated by the bully just being a total dick to Jean instead of like the actual big baddies who are trying to destroy the world. But the big baddies aren't as present as as as. Uh, no, Carmen. I know that's that's the problem though. <laughs> like I I can completely see why you're why you're drawn more to like what you can actually see on screen, like what you see happening, as opposed to just like you see it once and then you see it again at the end. Like I completely agree. I completely agree with you. But I guess to me, it's just the fact that, like, Cardin is just such a dick, but that's why I like Ronan, because I actually was curious about what the bad guys were doing. All right. But the, the, I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like if these characters, like, like, if Cardin wasn't in there, if Penny wasn't in there, like, the anime starts falling apart because the four main well, heroes yeah, but that's so what far. Support, but that's what support characters do. They're there to help our main characters. Of course, of rip. course. But, like, the four. The four characters, the four main characters, the RWBY should have been like not not enough, but they should have been the nucleus, and they should have like had enough that these other supporting characters, the role isn't as what is the word I'm okay. looking for? Okay, okay, I, I see what you're saying. You know, it's they they weren't pulling like, the weight. I, I I I see your point, but I'm in my opinion, it, the story is more so about like these four, our four main characters, Ruby, Blake, Weiss, and Yang about them about their growth like their growth into hunters theirs as people because they're still teenagers in school like it's still their their growing experience and how they're dealing with like the new threats that they discover or getting through the school or anything like that like it's more so about their growth as opposed to them just like captivating your view because for me at least they they held me long enough for me to actually grow attached to them and care about them and that's exactly why i'm so invested because i care about these characters they have great teamwork i will give them that and they have good fusion as a group um that is obviously has a i wouldn't say limitless but they has a very large potential and i could see them pulling off bigger battles and getting stronger and you know uh getting through each other's struggles and everything and it leaves it open with the whole uh, Weiss and Blake. Um, obviously, they make amends at the end, but I could still I could see that wound getting ripped open right away, and just like like Blake's gonna join the wife fang or something. You know what, what I mean? Like something's <laughs> gonna happen again. Like don't don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. 
I know, but you made a bit of a sound, so I don't know. Anyways, all I'm I ma- saying, I made, I made, I made a chuckle because I'm thinking about like the real thing compared to your, uh, to your expectations or your predictions. Yeah, yeah, okay, 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 cool. Like, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's because you're close or because you couldn't be more further off the mark. Yeah, I because mean, I don't want to give you any hints. Good, good, thank you. Um, and the thing is, I, I just, I just feel like. The potential's there, but it could go either way. It could fail. It could like just like anything else. It could fail. It could do. It could do amazing. And that's what that's where it stands for me at this point. Um, okay. I want to just point out something. I want to talk about John a little bit because he's been. A, he's like a main-ish character, but he's a bit more to the side. He's obviously much more attached. Okay. By- so we'll uh, we'll talk about John real quick, and then I actually have a question for you, which is your area of expertise. But let's go ahead with John. I love the music in the show. All right, we can talk about John. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, okay. Just, just that's put out. All right, so Jean, what do you think about Jean? <laughs> okay, Jean. Um, I really thought his name was spelt. I just want to put this out there. Uh, I really thought his his uh, name was spelt the French way, J E A N, right? Jean that in French, that's like Jean. Uh, right. But his he's a blonde, right? His right. name is spelt the way you spell the word yellow in French, which is I thought really funny. J A U N E, yeah, J A U N E, Jean. Jean is how you say it in French. Jean, yeah, yeah, which I thought was really funny. Um, okay, uh, I don't want to say lackluster, but uh, like, hey, he provides. No, it's okay for 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 comedic relief. You can say lackluster. Comedic relief is provided by him. Um, yeah, cheating his way in. Um, I love, I love his. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, please, please. I love his uh, simple weapon as opposed to like everyone else's like overly complicated and put together weapon whereas his is just a sword and shield yeah like that was passed down by his father or something right yeah yeah i want to say like it's a family heirloom yeah exactly so like you have you have ruby's crescent rose which is a scythe combined with a sniper rifle you have uh weiss's repair which is a sword combined with like being able to use uh dust in attacks you have Pyrrha's uh, spear and shield, which her spear can be turned into a rifle. And then you just have a sword and a shield, and that's it. That's all they do. Like, the shield folds up as a sheath, but it still weighs the same. <laughs> it's just a sword and shield, and I kind of love it for it. The thing that um, the simplicity of his weapon, I think, goes hand in hand, no pun intended. With how, with how simple he is? With his role as the underdog. Oh, like, okay. complete underdog, which is what, like, one of the few redeemable character uh, ca- characters, qualities that this character possesses, um, I feel like. Because the way he just pushes, like, his teammates to the side where they try to help, and then Cardin steps into the picture, and how he almost shoots at, um, um, I don't know why I'm forgetting the name, Pira. Pira, how he almost shoots at Pira in the woods and everything, and then Pira basically gives him, like, magnetism powers to, oh, I'm so awesome, after all, like, Cardin, step off now. You know, like, like he, you basically need to hold his hand all the way through, which is kind of... It's different, but I, I they didn't make me appreciate. Like I, I think I'm just more. Didn't of a fan appreciate Jean. I know. Yeah, which, I'm just more of a fan of independent characters. Yeah, I know, which is why I'm biting my tongue because again, I know like the the future volumes. Granted, Ruby is not a show that I've finished and I have put it down for a while, and I really do need to get back into it. But with the future volumes that I have seen. I know how far each of these characters come. And for me, this is just kind of like looking back at their starting place. And I realize like exactly how far they have come. So I'm kind of nerding out about it. Because again, I've cared about these characters. Like be it Jean or Nora or Ruby or Blake. Like I've grown to love these guys. And with how far they've come without, throughout their entire journey. No, 100%. Um, you know what this anime could use? Nah. 
I really, and this is gonna sound like cynical of me, and like, like, oh, this guy <laughs> just—you're clearly a fan of the the, the the Death Note kind of thing. But honestly, if they had killed off a character in this first volume. I would have been cool with that. I just, I don't know why, but I think that would have been a good, like... I, so I you think if they, you think if they had a death early on, like, let's say, for example, if Yang died? Maybe, maybe not one of the main ones. Maybe, like, if, Okay, like, so, like, Penny's, like, say if Penny died. Well, I was thinking, actually, like, even though I love him as a villain, like, well, John turns on, on everything, and obviously it's a different kind of anime at the, at the end of the day after that, because, like, then you get into more, like, you know, horror kind of thing, but, like, if John, like, just takes his throne back and gets rid of Cardin, you know, or, like, you know, that would have been cool. That and if he so- actually just killed Cardin? Yeah, or something like that, you see what I mean, or reverses the curse? That like, or if, like, or if he just snapped and then killed Cardin and then just, like, fled and became like a renegade or a rogue that kind of thing doesn't that sound like infinitely cooler or just more intriguing than what we were presenting in the first volume just that specific scenario you just came up with doesn't that sound cooler to you it does it does sound really cool and honestly like i'm just gonna call him like uh sith lord john because that's kind of what i'm seeing it as in my head right right right. um Honestly, that kind of situation would be pretty badass to see. But at the same time, I couldn't have asked for a better like build up than what we're getting in volume one. Like it is it is a great what if scenario. Like what if Jean turned evil? And then we could talk about that for like days. But for what we've uh, for what we got for the stepping stone leading up to everything, I couldn't have asked for it better. Right. OK, fair enough. Um, I want to ask you about Beacon as an academy itself. The teachers there, the challenges that are presented, everything. Like, what were your thoughts on that whole environment that the characters, like, p- pass most of the time of their time in? You know what I mean? It's, like, it's definitely the main hub location of where the anime takes place. So, what did you think of that whole development? So, school animes are actually, like, one of my, one of my favorites. Like, for example, um... High School DxD or Rosario Vampire or Lucky Star, like all these school animes, like schools are a great place to actually have your students go to. Like how one of my favorites is uh, Little Witch Academia, but I digress. Right. Um, Having Beacon honestly does make a whole lot of sense because you do need some place to actually train your hunters and huntresses. And it's not like a military grade thing. It is an actual like not to say military isn't a full time career because my God, it is. But to have like that career, like that be your profession, like the path that you choose to follow being a hunter and huntress, like protecting remnant, taking on missions. Basically, you're a bounty hunter, but you're taking care of Grimm, you're taking care of like White Fang kind of groups and that kind of thing. It makes a whole lot of sense to have a school kind of area with this and have that kind of education going into it, I guess. And the teachers, unfortunately, like I love a lot of the teachers, but I can't remember the names of like any of them. The only two that I remember the actual names are are Goodwitch and Ospin. And I fucking love Ospin. He's awesome. Right, right, right. I see what you mean. I mean, to me... Uh, that whole setup was what introduced... Has been done. Yeah, it's what introduced the stereotypes, like, oh, uh, Cardin being a bully, or John getting bullied, or, you know, the forest... Or John being the underdog and, like, Ruby failing classes, that kind of thing. Or the forest, like, literally the forest of death, like, the forest with the the, the creepy animals, the forest of death from Naruto. Like, it introduced those things with a new spin on them, and then now we have a tournament arc. Like, this is very... You know, <laughs> it's very anime. It's very like, again, it's very Monty was heavily influenced by anime and wanted to create his own. 
That that's what I'm led to believe. And we see that in his works. He does throw his own spins on it, but I can see like where you're coming with all the like similarities and connections and everything like that with. You know what would be another cool thing? I just straight up like I want to see like Beacon just get destroyed. Like why not? Oh, you're learning? Blow this place up and like let the characters like go on their own now and like now now figure it out. Now figure it out. I felt like it was <laughs> now too figure much it out. Okay, we're done. We're done holding your hand. It's over. Just get out. Go do your own thing. I know we're the teenagers. Done. I know they're learning, but like that would have been a cool. So you place. just you just want Beacon to go. All right, I'm gonna ha- I'm a I'm a head out. <laughs> I want the white Fang to show up at Beacon and like just flip flip it flip it flip beacon just completely destroy it make it uh no cub i I was trying to spell beacon make it no longer exist let's let's just say that because if if we're coming up with ways to say okay make beacon go boom we're gonna be here for hours boom boom beacon all right (laughs) that's the name of the second volume all right no uh all right so okay my turn so what do you think of the music in the show because remember when we did the music podcast i showed you uh red like roses ruby song to right. uh, so, you and Ace. Yeah. So oh yeah. Shout out Ace. Hope you're doing good, buddy. Um. The thing is, I noticed what you mentioned in that podcast where uh, light motifs, which are uh, it's another word for uh, character themes. Whenever a character mm-hmm. comes on on screen and everything, like their theme. Like I definitely saw that in the first volume where you know Ruby has her own theme, Blake has her own theme. That was obviously there. Um. The action scenes are very rock based. Uh. Were really good. Um, I really enjoyed the. It added that uh, dynamic energy that you know a battle scene required. So it was really good, and it wasn't afraid to put vo- uh, uh, music with vocals on it on top of the dialogue yeah. and the, the 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 sound design and and everything. Like that was a like ballsy choice, especially in the for in the forest. Like when oh, they're yeah, taking yeah. down the scorpion and bird. That was uh, part two of Red Like Roses. Well, yeah, exactly. That that made a lot of sense to me, uh, but still, a decision that I was okay. Wow, you you you're just going for it. You're just going for it, <laughs> which is which is great. But, but do you admire that about him, or are you just like, oh, okay, that's what kind of show we're in? Uh, I admire it because I think it's a different take, and you know what? At the end of the day. It's art, and my opinions are completely subjective to my tastes, right? Just because yeah. I, there's things like that I don't think are gray or could be improved which, upon which is doesn't why mean you should like, change. Which is why you like things like, say, Death Note. I like things like Day Live. So, like, it's it's completely subjective. It's completely opinion-based. You like what you like. You hate what you hate. And you have friends who are the complete opposite of you. Yeah, and then you make a podcast with them, and then you argue every two weeks. It's great! <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally. My blood pressure's not high at all. Oh, buddy, I love you more. All right, but in all seriousness, <laughs> the music also, I really like that, uh, like, tonality-wise, it, you could definitely see uh, it's lighter moments and it's heavier moments, and it supported the story, which is what the role of music and any sort of visual media should do. So, altogether, it was very well packaged, and I really enjoyed okay. it. Okay, and final, uh, final music question on that. Just because I'm curious, because I don't know if you picked up on it or not. Do you have a favorite track yet? Honestly, I have seen the anime maybe two weeks ago, and the only soundtrack I can think of right now is the second part of Red Light Roses uh, from the okay. action scene. I'd have Hon- to- honestly, yeah, that that kind of is the one that'll like stay in your head like even weeks after seeing Ruby. Like part two, Red Light Roses will stay in there. Yeah, but. But like the more you watch, obviously, like the more uh, the more songs will be in your head. Like 
if I'm not listening to Red Like Roses, I'm probably listening to I Burn, which is uh, Yang's song. Mm, so, I mean, on. like, they, they have catchy enough songs for you to actually listen to, like, outside of show. But, unfortunately, it takes a while for you to actually, like, I guess, register uh, which song you're listening to. Except, unless you're listening to Red Like Roses or This Will Be The Day, because that's always in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I definitely, definitely good point. Um, what I wanted to say is... Uh, we're start. We're already been talking about this for like almost forty minutes. I think we should slowly, slowly uh, um, start wrapping things up with the. I, I bet I. Hi guys, you can find me on Twitter no, at Costume no, Ginger. No, no, no. And- stop, stop, stop. In all seriousness, hot shot because I. I oh, this is a great conversation. I wanted to ask you. Um, I talked to you about my favorite moments. You know, the battle scene in the forest and the battle scene with the white fang at the end. Mm. Favorite standout moment of Volume One. Favorite standout moment. Very moment, hot shot. You have to pick one moment to watch again. Right now, where would it be? Honest to God, like this might be the most vanilla choice ever on this volume, but it is the initiation test. It is like the fight between the scorpion and the the crow. It's the best part. Huh? It's the best part of the whole first volume in my opinion. (laughs) But everything, everything from like the launching to to saying you have to find your own way down or land on your own to seeing the team just come together like in the split of a hair and coming up with a way to kill both uh both opponents getting all the chess pieces the uh accidental sight of like when jean and pierre were trying to find people but they came across the scorpion in the first place everyone uh seeing everybody's weapons to basically like it's your go-to place to see the basics of what everyone can do and what kind of world we're in. And that's why I love it so much. Plus, I mean, the final part of that and hearing uh, Red Like Roses Part 2, I love it. <laughs> I can't get enough of that of that entire of that entire part. It's, it's amazing. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, OK, let's uh, I wanted to know, like, f- let, let's I, I'll get into my final thoughts here. I really wanted to mm. just say that um, I feel like what this anime provided, and I'm I'm talking on a on a podcast level, like we found commonality here, Hotshot, and I know we talk a lot about it, like oh, like I don't something like- that yeah. something that we both actually really enjoy. Yes, exactly. Like, I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, we both love Naruto. We both love Dragon Ball. We both love My Hero Academia. Right, but like but, everyone loves those animes. It's so like yeah. you know, but this to find one but is to off find the side. something. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, this one's off the side. I think we're seeing the same thing. Okay. But to just, like, see something that, like, has uh, some of the things I love, like, say, uh, cute anime girls, awesome fights, comedy, and things you like, which is uh, tension and uh, shallow shallow moments, slower moments, I guess, and kick-ass tracks. Like, to just have something like that completely put in a mixing bowl is honestly completely refreshing to, to see. Like, there's going to be more shows like this that you and I both find that kind of commonality with. But I think this will be the first one that's actually, like, completely in the middle ground for both of us. Agreed. So that's, honestly, I've talked about my thoughts on this series. I just, that's what, that was my final thought on it. What about you, Hotshot? Okay. Um, before I give my final thoughts, I do have one more question. Uh, yeah. It's one It's one more subject to talk about. Because it's heavily based around combat and everything in this anime... Everyone has a completely unique weapon. I want to know if you actually have a favorite weapon. Like um, you don't have to like the user, just like I want to know what your favorite I weapon is. I think Penny just Penny herself was like just the, the <laughs> Penny as a weapon. You know when she's pulling no, that helicopter? Yeah, I completely I completely agree. Yeah. I fucking love Penny's swords. It's amazing. Oh my god, yeah. And she's pulling down the helicopter and everything like oh yeah, no. It's got to be Penny. Yeah. All right. Mine 
honestly, like if if I if I'm being completely honest, it probably is Crescent Rose. It's the scythe with the sniper rifle that Ruby uses. But since Ruby already has my favorite character, I'm going to go with uh, Nora's hammer, the rocket launcher and jet propelled hammer. Right, right, right. I know what you're talking about. I love it. I love that weapon because, I mean, yeah, you shoot grenades and rockets and it's a hammer. You can destroy everything. I love it. Like, there, there's honestly not, not a single weapon in this show I, I don't like, be it... Uh, Penny or Crescent Rose or Nora's Hammer or even just Sean's uh, Sword and Shield. There's no weapon in the show that I dislike because all of them have that creative and unique taste and twist to them. All right, sorry, I just wanted to get that at least that out because it's, it plays a massive part in the entire show. I think that was a great topic to bring up. No, you were 100% right to do so. Um, all right, well, all right. floor is your so on the final far, thoughts. Yeah. As far as my final thoughts, it still is my favorite um, my favorite Western anime. It honestly might just be my favorite Western show, period. But it is it is one that, like, unfortunately later on will get convoluted in parts, but that might be because, like, I just start, stopped watching as heavily and just, like, casually saw, like, here and there kind of uh, kind of things to it and, there's a, and then just put it down for a while. But... I still love the show. I still love all the characters. Like I said, minus like one or two. And I honestly hope that it continues for a while. But at the same time, I don't know how far they can push it. So no, a good point. Good point, man. Um, so it's it's still it's still a massive, massive house favorite over here with me. House favorite. Hotshot house favorite. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, you got to give all your animes like, oh, it's the house it's, favorite. Oh, it's the family favorite. Oh, it's the personal favorite. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? In that case, this one's getting the highest rank of them all. This one's a hot shot target. And what that means, that means it's a target to finish. <laughs> I thought GTO was that. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So. Uh, no, it's not a hot shot target. It is one that I will finish, but it's not that high. It's a forced <laughs> giant music target. And you're like, ah, oh, I can't throw. My arm hurts. Let me take a six month break from throwing coats and I'm like, oh, John, even though it's, just throw the ball. Even though it's like, even though it's like right in front, like the, like the tip of the arrow is literally right on the bullseye. You're like, okay, all you have to do is let go. And I'm still holding on to the arrow. You're like, ah, eh, maybe I'll just, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nah, I think I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. Um, okay. Um, so let's uh let's plug the amazing artist who quit the podcast, but we're still gonna let him like you know, be do the artwork. No, no, no in all seriousness, we'll, uh, GoPro we'll Kill provides. We'll let him hang around. He just won't get like any love from us anymore. It's fine. <laughs> the artwork for anime podcasters is provided by GoPro Kill. Go follow him on Twitter at GoPro Kill. He's got a beautiful website. He's got super affordable rates, and he's super amazing with his artwork. It's quality content that you can buy at a very affordable price so go check out gopro keo at gopro keo on twitter and for hotshot where, where can people find you what's going down on your channel what's going down everywhere just like plug oh wait all right guys you can go ahead and find me right here at giant music you can find me on the podcast and hopefully later on down the line a couple more other projects we're working on with them you guys can also find me over at my channel at hotshot ginger last video i uploaded was october but i am in the process of working on getting a working deal with giant to try to get him over on my channel and get bring him into my turf essentially Oh really? And you guys can also yeah, and you guys can also find me over at uh, Twitter at my handle at caution ginger, and really that's about all you can find me anymore. Uh, question: Am I cognizant of this uh, deal that we're trying to work out? 
Yes, you are cognizant of this deal that we're trying to work out. I forget what the deal is. We'll talk about it off podcast. Um, okay, cool. All right, cool. And uh, finally, uh, yeah, the podcast is at Enemy Podcasters on Facebook. Go give us a, a, a like. If you just want like a Facebook feed or like a feed of just what's going on with the podcast for uh, social updates, it's going to be on the Facebook page. And for the podcast, you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play. All the links are in the description. And obviously, we're on Spotify as well. Uh, leave us some five-star reviews. We hit 6,000 plays. We're very grateful for that. Uh, you know what? I'm going to call it 2020 quintuple digits. We're hitting 10K this year. That's the goal. 10K. 10K I can, see, I can actually see that happening. 10K, I can totally see happen. When you, said quindri- when you said quintuple tri- uh, digits, I thought you meant like 100,000. I'm like, there's no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hotshot's like, I'm going to have to open every laptop I have and just stream the podcast on time spy like, speed. <laughs> oh, my God. 5,501. 5,502. <laughs> And for myself, I am at Giant Music basically everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Patreon is patreon.com slash Giant Music. I am on YouTube, obviously. YouTube.com slash Giant Music. And GiantMusic.com if you want to hire me for freelance services. I'm also doing more voice chats on Discord. So join the, the Discord server. Um, hot Tots there. Actually be, maybe I should actually be more a uh, part of that. <laughs> yeah, no, we did a voice chat the other day. And it was super fun. And, you know, just people joining. You got some voice actors in there. We got some animators in there. Just really cool and chill people. So join us whenever you'd like. Um, it's a really fun little community to be a part of. So go check out the Giant Music Discord server. That'll be everything. Thank you so much for myself, GoPro Kill, and Hotshot. This has been another episode of Anime Podcasters. Bye, guys. Bye. Show off. Yeah. <laughs>